Welcome to the Writer's Block. I am your host, Jennifer Harris, freelance writer, blogger, and indie author. The Writer's Block exists to give resources, tools, and visibility to other indie authors, especially minority writers, writers of color, and black writers. Let this podcast serve as a haven for all of you who need light in these dark times and who may not have a soft place to fall just yet. Even for those of you who have a desire to write and need support to keep going. Get your pens, get your paper, we're about to circle the block. Hello again, fellow oracles, my budding MCs, my linguistic acrobats, those of you who treat the alphabet as your personal playground. It's Jen Harris once more yet again and still with week two of the mini-series for the love of hip-hop. So last week we did a brief introduction and uh, as to what this particular mini-series is going to entail. And this week, we are going to talk about the oral traditions of storytelling. Now, if you have been familiar with this particular part of the world for any particular time, you know that one of my favorite things to do is to remind you all that language has no owner. But there are people who can, who can and do decide how to control a narrative. What does that mean? That means that a narrative is just a story. Your take, your point of view, your, your viewpoints written down in some, in some fashion or relayed in some fashion. And if you can control a narrative, if you can control someone's experience literally by virtue of power or a power structure, then you can, it's not a small leap to then say you own language. You can then say what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, and then dismiss anything that you feel is offensive. This is why I believe hip-hop, rap, R&B, these are things, especially done by melanated folks such as ourselves, which is why it's so dope, because it is so counter, counterintuitive as it, um, as it is, as it were, rather, to the status quo society that you see around you. But none of that is more potent and more visible than with hip-hop. So this week, we're going to talk about and kind of break down a little more this concept of oral traditions. So let us examine that for a minute. Now, you have to understand that 1619 was when the first 20 Africans were brought to the colonies. So at that particular shift, is when, if you if you allow your mind to wander for a minute, that is when blackness changed from just being on the continent of Africa and in certain parts of Europe and sprinkled throughout uh, other nations of the world is when it became differentiated into something totally unique. These 20 people were taken from their homeland, everything that they knew, language, family, and then transported to a place where they knew no one. So the only way that you can that you can eradicate the people is take away their language, their land, their ability to reproduce. These are the tenets of colonialism. 
And from that, you have to also remember the only way that history can be can be preserved sometimes in certain avenues is through the oral tradition of storytelling. And those incidents incidences of the preservation of, of our personal history of us as black people and also people of color in certain in certain uh, in certain situations. Especially you see this a lot with uh, the native people, the native indigenous native and indigenous people of this continent as well. But it is in the relaying of history by which history is preserved. This is why it is important that we not discount things that have not been written down because there are certain things that situation dependent were not able to be written down. They were able to be preserved because there was no one there to hear. And that is the saddest thing about oral traditions of storytelling. Because if there's not an ear to hear or a mouth to speak, then those things are lost. The one thing I also want you, want you to remember is antebellum history. Now, we know that uh, with the pandemic going on, the movie Antebellum was, I think it's either streaming or pushback. But Antebellum is just a fancy word for anything that predates um, the Civil War. And in that time, child slavery is at, is at its height. And no slave is taught to read or write. Because again, you don't teach someone that you don't think is human how to read or write. They don't need that. However, the Underground Railroad is, is still active, active and burgeoning. There's still, um, there's still, there's still, there are still ways by which the enslaved people, the enslaved peoples rather, were able to convey messages, to even speak maps in certain cases, to even communicate one into another, especially if you've ever seen the movie Harriet, that even there are specific songs that you sing in order to convey a message so no one else knows what's going on. So there's, again, that proclivity to still make language your own, even in the even in the face of fierce opposition. And from there, we have this need and this model of the preservation of culture and cultural history. I remember that most of the things that I know about my family were garnered and gathered through just listening. Because nobody would really tell the, the kids, as we were called. And now the kids are almost all 40, or, or at least in our 30s. Now, the only thing that the only thing that we were able to pick up in our family is through someone being able to tell us a story and being able to remember that story and then conveying it to someone else or writing it down in my case. But you have to also remember that the oral tradition of storytelling is a way to tell a story in a meaningful way or in a way which allows other people to be informed and for them to understand. Now, I know that I've given you a lot of things that sound very academic, very alien to this particular miniseries, but it's not. 
as we said last week, or as I said last week, there is a poetic base to every to every hip hop song, to every rap to every rap song you know. There is a poetic base to that. And you cannot get around that. At the base, hip hop, rap is poetry. At its basal form, it is poetry. And because it is poetry, that is what makes it so dynamic. And because it is dynamic, that means that what has been relayed can be remembered. Again, what the urban prophet, as I like to call him, T.I. said, is that there are, you know, as rappers are storytellers, that's what they are. They're entertainers, but they're also storytellers. They're, I won't get into the width and breadth of the different kind of rappers in this, in this particular topic. That's, that's coming. But I need you to understand that all this didn't just start with T.I., there, there was a movement before him and before gangster rap and before as what we know it now as let's just say conscious or woke or woke rap as I like to call it kind of what Common, kind of what Common does that predates that and we have to also remember that as well but the one thing I want you to remember is the origins of hip hop lie in the oral traditional storytelling. Again, as T.I. said, that all, all they do is tell stories. Some of the stories they, they tell just happen to be violent. And because they are violent, I believe, well, in some cases they are violent, not all of them, but these are these, these stories that are told still belong to the artists that relay them. It is still their experiences. It's still things that they've gone through, things they've conquered, things that have conquered them. Loss, love, tragedy, hopelessness, you know, rage, uh, rage, revenge, things of that, things of that nature. Those stories still matter. The one thing that uh, I'd like to constantly compare and contrast is uh, Scarface. And Macbeth. Now, on the surface, it looks like they have nothing in common, but let me help you. There's a line in Macbeth that says, My mind is full of scorpions. Now, again, a, a brief synopsis, synopsis of, of Macbeth is that he was a warrior for the king of Denmark. He killed the king of Denmark, took his, took his land, took his crown, and then he suffered immense guilt after that. And he said, My mind is full of scorpions. Sounds like uh, the Scarface song, My mind's playing tricks on me to me. So there, there are still these parallels that we find, but at the same time, while we reverence the bard, and while we reverence Shakespeare as this archetype level of literature that everybody should aspire to be at, we dismiss rap and hip hop because of its content. If you've ever read Shakespeare, some of the things that happen are incredibly violent. One of them is Othello, and Othello, in the play Othello, the main protagonist, Othello, kills his wife because his friend, quote unquote, Iago, plants seeds in his head to make him believe that his that his wife was cheating on him. And he couldn't handle that. 
there's another there's another um violent Shakespeare play and that's Richard the Third. So you you have to be able to remember the thing that I've always said on this podcast, who owns language? If I can tell you that from my vantage point, if I can tell you that Shakespeare is the 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 top echelon of work you will ever read and you should never listen to hip hop, depending on my particular academic background and my life experiences, if they agree with yours, you will then think my opinion to be weighty. And then because we have that rapport or I have that respect, then you may be able to say, because Jen Harris said this on the writer's block, I no longer want to listen to hip hop or have no desire to listen to it. Because, you know, uh, as my as my favorite MC of all time, uh, Nas said in his uh, song, Hip Hop is Dead, you know, you can't blame jazz musicians or David Stern for his NBA fashion issues. You know, you, you have to understand that there, there will always be those who believe that hip hop has no basis in art, that it's not an art form, that they're just out here wilding and <clears throat> talking crazy on talking crazy on the track and you know the lyrics ain't there the lyrics are garbage and sometimes they are but that's just me speaking from my personal experience and my age but at the same time they should still have the same opportunity to tell their story it all goes back to who owns language who owns language who has the right to tell you one particular genre if we if we are actually able in this particular space to include hip hop as poetry and poetry is a genre of literature if we are actually able to fold that in and say that this particular style of poetry is garbage and this over here that's done by this white man is more talent rich more imagery rich than anything over here that Kodak Black, Wale, Eminem, Jay-Z, Nas, and all these other people, T.I., can come up with. What hip-hop does in this particular space, in this particular time period that we're going to be speaking, the thing I want you to remember is who owns language? Who owns language? Now, we know that all tastes and opinions are subjective. They're dependent on people's opinions, people's uh, particular interaction, and people's life experiences. We get that. That's fine. However, but you cannot deny that the base of this particular genre is poetry. And we know that not all poetry floats everybody's boat, and that's fine. But the one thing you must remember is that just because it's not pleasing to you, does not mean it's not pleasing to someone else. So we have to give space to honor other people's opinions, even if they're different from, even if they differ from ours. The other thing I want to remember is, and possibly download if you have time or inclination to do so, is Nas is bridging the gap. You'll find it on, I forget what album that, that it's on, but I know it's on the Cadillac Records uh, soundtrack. But you have to remember that there are 
again, as I said before, the base of hip hop, as far as as far as its linguistic construction, his its lyrical construction is poetic, and just like jazz came out of ragtime, we could also say that jazz was the foundation for hip hop. This space to be innovative, to play with language, to play to play with sound and make it something totally different, not alien, but different than what anyone else had heard before. You also have to remember that in this oral in this oral tradition is music becomes a mechanism. Music becomes a tool. Music becomes a way to convey information, protection, adoration, warning, it becomes a mechanism. We as a people have been doing coded language since we arrived on these shores. So it is not a new condition for us to make it up as we go along. It benefits us to realize the contribution that hip hop has made to this particular dispensation of time that it is poetry, it is poetic, and it follows this oral tradition of storytelling. Some of the, some of the stories just happen to be violent. Um, for example, when I was growing up, uh, NWA was the biggest thing in the world. Um, I remember, um, <laughs> I remember my cousin listening to e- I remember my cousin listening to Easy A. I remember Again, growing up in between, uh, I went to school in St. Louis City and lived in on the cusp of St. Louis County. But um, I remember him listening to Easy, you know, rolling in my six four. I remember that. I remember when I remember being in what middle school, high school, when um, Tupac became the superpower that he became. I remember that, and I remember the need as it were for all of us you know sixth and sixth graders or sometimes even well fifth graders depending on what we were listening to um to try and remember the lyrics of your favorite song is that not does that not follow this particular this particular pattern of oral storytelling that if there be an ear to hear and a mouth to see what can what can be relayed can be received you know, rap and hip hop are still are still poetry. They're still spoke. They're still spoken words. You can't deny that, and to cheapen that by saying that you know no one needs to listen to it because it doesn't follow what you know this, the powers that be deem acceptable for language. My question still is, well, who owns language? Because even in that, it's coded language. That's still another way to say, okay, because this genre is performed by mainly black folk, people of color, that it cannot have any cultural value, which is wrong, because it does. That the origins of hip hop lie in jazz and also the oral tradition of storytelling. You also have to remember that as far as 
rap hip hop have, have come, there's still so much more to go. There's still so much more to go. What do I mean by that? And this is kind of a segue into topic three for week three, is that hip hop does have misogynistic undertones depending on the artist, depending on the song. There is still the use of coarse language that is offensive to some people, especially women, derogatory and demeaning to women. And we have to also reconcile that as well. And it still goes back to who owns language. Who can say what and have their narrative stand on its own? And once we really begin to examine that, I believe we, as a listening audience, will have a greater respect for what, is, for what it is that these MCs do. But remember, if there's an ear to hear and a mouth to speak, what can what can be what is going to be relayed can be received. So today, take special pride in your pray in your playlist. You know, see how much you can remember from the hip hop that hip hop that you listened to when you were, you know, maybe twenty years younger, or what your parents in some cases were listening to. Because me myself, I hear in about not even six months, I will have a teenager. So now she's at the point where she wants to listen to different things and I have to, of course, screen them because not everything is acceptable for a 13-year-old to listen to. But the fact that the fact that these oral traditions and oral storytelling has helped preserve our culture. It has helped us to survive Music has helped us as black folk to survive and keep going. Because there was an ear to hear and a mouth to speak. What was relayed can be received. And from that receiving, we can go a little further, one beat at a time. I'll see y'all next week. Well, my fellow storytellers, oracles, and other writing troublemakers, it is that time again for me to leave you to your thoughts and words. Remember to follow the Writer's Block podcast on social media. You can find us at the Writer's Block Official on Instagram and the Writer's Block Podcast on Facebook. If you are interested in advertising with us, would like a book to be recommended, or know an indie author who needs more shine, make sure, pretty please, to email us at circletheridersblock at gmail.com. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC based out of San Antonio, Texas for all audio production and mixing. Remember, you have the power to bend blank pages to the will of your pen. See you all again next time when we circle the block.